The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. And welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the Lego and Forza of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who makes everything awesome. Josh, how are you doing this evening? I am doing just great. Uh, I don't make everything awesome. But I appreciate that compliment. Out of the Forza and Lego, I'm definitely the Forza of the two of us. So um, <laughs> you would be the one who makes everything awesome. <laughs> Not I, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> you watched it, if you watched any of PSVG's many, many live streams, that might not be true. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's, uh, it's E3 week and Origins week. Origins tomorrow starts tomorrow for us and yesterday for people who are listening right that's crazy that it's so close yeah so this week's gonna be a little focused on e3 since we have most of the big news out of there and then next week we'll be focused more on origins because mm. you know board game news tends to travel a little slower than video game news not as many live streams not as many <laughs> as much almost 24 hour around the clock news coverage as as the video game world gets so yeah, it's going to be mostly video game and E3 focus this week, but I think it'll be okay. I think we'll have a good balance with next week's focus on Origins. I think so. So how are things in the northeast of the country currently? Ooh, things are fine. Finally got some nice temperatures. We get a little bit of rain in between here and there. So yeah, things are good. How about things in your neck of the woods? You know, it's raining and I'm very happy for that because... I was really worried. My lawn was already starting to turn a little brown (laughs) (laughs) after what had been a lush start to the spring slash summer, a week or week and a half of dry, warm temperatures. And my lawn was already very unhappy, but it has cooled off and it is raining and I am down for that. And I'm I'm tired, man. Let me tell you, you you've been busy this week. (laughs) You wouldn't think that sitting and watching press conferences and talking about them a lot would be tiring. (laughs) I was beat last night when i went to bed i was absolutely exhausted yeah i bet i can uh it it isn't quote tough work but it's it's not easy to sit there and you still whether you're just talking and watching you're still under pressure to to say the right things and 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 things like that well and you're trying to remember everything at the same time when a trailer starts, you're trying to figure out what could this potentially be, right. and you hear voices, and you're thinking of which voice actors those might be. And when Bethesda showed Deathloop, hmm. I was staring just at the camera because I couldn't remember Dave Fenoy's name forever. I was I could picture him, I could picture the characters he had played, I could not remember his name forever. <laughs> so I just was staring intently, trying to remember what his name was. I eventually got there, but oh man, it's hard to try to remember all that stuff. And then you start 
putting things together in your head that oh this must be this thing i heard of this one time right and it just isn't that thing at all <laughs> like you try yeah, to yeah. you want to be oh i'm a <laughs> I, I know stuff like I, i'm smart and i i know things and yeah i, I usually don't. you know nothing john snow i know yeah or you know Tyrion, i drink and i know things but apparently i didn't know much this week, <laughs> so it is okay but hey you know we'll talk about all of that wonderful e3 stuff here in a little bit so a little of the housekeeping as always thanks so much for joining us this week if you have any feedback questions suggested topics hit us up at board with vg on twitter or check out the awesome stuff we've been posting over on instagram also board with vg we are a proud part of PSVG, and PSVG is on Patreon. And we're absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen to us and maybe share what we do with someone else who may enjoy it too. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that is right for you. So enough of this housekeeping. Josh, what have you been playing on your tabletop, sir? Well, why don't I start with what we tried to play on my tabletop? <laughs> Sounds great. Right. Um, so we sat down to play games on Saturday night, I believe. I can't even remember. It might have been Friday night. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was Saturday night. Um, so we played a game. Then we were trying to figure out a second game to play. Um, and, you know, we we're just kind of looking around and my wife didn't want to play a long game. You know, every game we picked was like 60 minutes, 75 right. minutes. Like, So she spotted Titan Race by Fun Forge Games. And that was a short game. Uh, in fact... I can tell you because I can reach it. It's uh, two to six players, 30 minutes. It's like, perfect. If we like it, it's a game we can bring to the beach. We can play with other people, etc. So the, the premise of the game is inside the box is um, a bunch of different maps, terrain maps. And they're uh, literally, you race across them with your titans. So mm-hmm. you pick a titan that you want. They have special abilities. They have these really cool little plastic miniatures. And you're racing on a grid. You move based on the dictation of the dice that are rolled. So you can move diagonal, for um, straight and diagonal, straight and straight, all these different like ways to move. You can also set down traps. You can also push titans if, you're, if they're in your way. And the first to complete three laps wins the titan race. Mm-hmm. And the board, the way the board works, uh, it's a square. Once you get to the end of the square you're considered taking a lap and then you come back through on the bottom side of the board if you exit the board in the left or the right that's considered a diagonal move and you just come around on the wrapped side of the 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 racetrack so if you get pushed backwards it also decreases a lap if you get pushed back from the start you you have to recross the the line okay relapse um you have health points. If you die, um, you lose a turn, and then you can come back afterwards. All these pretty fun things. Um, uh, my wife uh, was tired. I'm going to give her that. <laughs> um, like, we're all fine as I'm 
going through the rules and everything, but then there's this moment. I don't know if, if you, you or the, our listeners have ever seen the moment where you're looking across at someone that you're playing with and you now know something has changed from when you started mm-hmm. to oh, where yeah. you are now. Absolutely. And she just couldn't grasp the diagonal movement because okay. it's on a weird grid. And the, the grid on the board was a little confusing. Because it goes like A through G and 1 through 12 or 13, whatever the, mm-hmm. the number and, and letter correlations are. And the grid was uh, it was like on the left side is a 1, on the right side is a 2, on the left side is a 3. Uh, so she was just getting confused by how the, the diagonal movement worked and all this kind of stuff. And we just kind of had to pack it in, unfortunately. Gotcha. Um, hopefully we'll get back to it. But it seems like it's... It, would be real fun if if it's interesting to you. I would say I would still say check it out. I got it on like either the miniature market or cool stuff Inc. like crazy sales. I think I got it for like five bucks. It's like a thirty dollar game. So like I jumped on it because it, it seemed intriguing. And I like right. fun forge games. All right. So we didn't play that. Uh Friday we did play Keyforge, uh of course. Thankfully. This Friday we'll be gloomhavening, so no <laughs> Keyforge. Um, and then we played the game I told Donnie that I would scout out for him. Uh, he was asking us a little while ago about Lord of the Rings themed games. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think his son was showing interest and he didn't want to jump in at these like very expensive games. Yeah. So, Cause most of them are right. Uh, uh, especially the battle for five armies. Yeah. So I've been, I was keeping an eye on Lord of the Rings titles for Donnie and I, came across this sale, whether it was, I think, on Twitter, across my my feed, and it was Lord of the Rings Journey to Mordor, and it was on sale on Amazon for $10, normally a $30 game. So I shared that with Don, and he said he would add it to his wish list, and I was like, uh, you know, let me let me see. If it's 10 bucks, I mean, uh, I'll grab it. And when, I look, when you look at the pictures on Amazon, they're pretty much like portrait photos you don't necessarily get a scale unless you go into product details mm-hmm. so like i expected it to be like a regular size game and kyle can see it but i got it and it's oh wow that's a little box you know, the size of my hand <laughs> yeah that's, a little, that's far smaller than i was into so uh it's it's a two to four player game it's 15 to 30 minutes and i, I would i would be sh- maybe with three with four players it's 30 minutes but okay I'd be very surprised um so we started playing it's essentially a dice checking game um dice it's a press your luck game okay so it's like yahtzee but with a lord of the rings theme so it comes with these player mats depending on how many players you are mm-hmm. you pick a color and your color is the color of your hobbit so frodo is yellow sam is red mary is blue and pippin is green uh, essentially they're all going on this mission together and your goal is to take the ring to Mount Doom and destroy the ring. The first person to do that wins. But also, you're controlling the Nazgul who are trying to get the ring. And when I say controlling, I mean on the map, you have a Hobbit track and you have a Nazgul track. And you are, as you roll your dice, you have five dice. And they're all the colors that represent your Hobbits plus a black die. Um, on the faces of the die, you have um, like a, a, a axe and sword die face. That's for the fellowship. Mm-hmm. You have a Gandalf die face. You have an orc die face. 
a Nazgul die face and a um, what's the name of the tree? Elder tree, white tree, oh, white oh. tree. Oh, I can, I can never say their name right. So I think they call it the white tree in the in the game. Okay. So how it works is you roll all five dice, and then you put a die or more aside. You cannot put more. You cannot put two dice of the same face to the side. But each turn, you have to put a die face to the side. If you roll a Nazgul, you have to put the Nazgul die to the side. You have no choice. But then you can also put other die to the side. Um, oh, there was one die I forgot. Um, no, I didn't. It's the white tree. It's the tree. So you have the orcs. Oh, oh I forgot the ring. There's a dice. Uh, die face has the one ring. Mm-hmm. So you have the orcs. The orcs can be defeated with a fellowship die, the die with the weapons on it. Orcs defeat, like, cancel out one, the one ring. So if you have the one ring, you can have multiples. That's how many spaces you move on your turn as the hobbits. And you put okay. an X. You just put an X over the location to show that you have now traveled to that spot. Okay. If, you haven't, if you have an orc and you haven't resolved an orc, even if you have three rings by the end of your five die rolls, the orcs cancel every ring. Mm. So you wouldn't move anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Nazgul advances the Nazgul track one. They don't get canceled out. If you roll a tree, you can use the tree to immediately end your die roll. But before, other than that, you always have to roll all five dice. So that's the gamble, right? You're right. playing okay. against. Oh, and the Gandalf die uh, will split a Nazgul location in half, which makes one location two locations for Nazgul movement. So you're in a race against your opponents and also the Nazgul. But in like Lord of the Rings fashion, if you both get to Mount Doom at the same time and you have a true tie, you just both win. Okay. Or all, or all four of you win, depending on the... And it actually came down to the point where we did tie at the end. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I had less... So the person with the least amount of Nazgul spaces taken up would win the tie, and that's mm-hmm. how I won the tie. Okay. Um, but honestly, for a $10 game, this is awesome. This is a great game, and it's super simple to play. Easy filler, easy travel game. Uh, we're going to the beach in July. I'm going to bring it with us. Gotcha. Easy to teach, because if you know Nyatsa, you know how to play this game, essentially, right. or rock, paper, scissors. Um, so it's very, very light on the Lord of the Rings theme. However, it does still require you to know Lord of the Rings lore to play, like to enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. Anyone can play it. But like, if I'm talking to someone who's never played, like seen or read Lord of the Rings and I'm like, you're the hobbits racing against the Nazgul to destroy the ring at Mount Doom. They'd be like, well, what? <laughs> who's doing Hahua? Yeah. So if, if it's still 10 bucks on Amazon, this is a very easy recommend. If it was 30, I probably wouldn't recommend it for the amount of game you get. Okay. But for ten bucks, uh, if you're collecting Lord of the Rings games or any stuff, uh, or just want, like I'm still like every time I look at Hunt for the Ring at my local FLGS, mm-hmm. my wife, my wife is now aware that I want it too. She's like, "Oh, they have it!" Like I know they always have it, and I want to <laughs> get it, but like that requires more people to play. Right? Like, it's no fun playing a hidden movement game against one person. Right? <laughs> if you can even do that. Right. Um, so those are my, that's my one game that uh, I've talk, talked about <laughs> actually playing. <laughs> but you played it. But I played it and uh, I will easily play it again. So, so, so 
to back up really briefly for Keyforge, mm. were you playing? You were playing the decks from the new set, correct? Yes, Age of Ascension. And do they feel different? Feel better? Feel worse? Feel how do they feel in comparison to the original set? So it's interesting. I actually was talking to my buddy about it while we were playing because, like, he looked at one of his decks and he's we played it. He's like, "Yeah, this is a bad deck." I already know. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? Because when we started playing Keyforge, we had no idea what was good, what was bad, mm-hmm. how the mechanics would work together. So now I'm not, I'm trying to not analyze my decks. I'm, in fact, I'm not looking at them. I'm just picking a deck, opening it and playing it mm-hmm. just like I did with the other Keyforge set. Um, but knowing, I'm sure it's the same with magic players, knowing the game when it's not new to you anymore even though you're like now you're getting new cards so your focus is on what does that card do differently from the cards you've played before Mm -hmm. and and then i don't know that my friend my buddy is appreciating um the art or the like we like just to read like the little lore on the cards or things like that he might be but like the impression that you know i'm getting is just like okay, this is a bad deck or, you know, I'm like, well, you know, let's play it out and it might be better for you the next time you play it. But right, it's interesting also having both of us bought a full box like of mm-hmm. sets. Like it's not like we're playing with the three decks we have until we buy more because right. everywhere is sold out. It's like I'm going to my FLGS and they're like, we have boxes available behind the counter. Ask, I'm like, oh, you guys overbought this year. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I really like it. I still do. Um, I I really like like all like discovering all these new cards and mm-hmm. some of these crazy abilities and like he he's played a card a couple times but I'm like oh my god what how and then I look and it's a common I'm like that's a common and that did that that's insane right so there's always I still the discovery aspect of it is still really fun to me and I have so many more decks I can't wait to to open and play so Very yeah I'm still cool. really enjoying it. Very cool. So are you happy, though, to be playing Gloomhaven this Friday, or do you wish you were still playing Keyforge? Uh, Well, it would have been nice to still have a Keyforge night. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I mean, I'm I'm, like, I've been missing Gloomhaven. We haven't played for like two months now. Right. So we're we're all super excited about it. So I can't wait to play. Um, But it will be interesting. My wife is leaving Friday night for the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. For a bachelorette party, so I'll have my son and just me and my son on Father's Day weekend, which will be interesting. So I might be able to squeeze in a key forge on Saturday night because I can stay up late. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an adult. I do what I want. That's right. Which means... Or there'll be video game playing. (laughs) Yeah. So awesome. All right. Well, on my tabletop, the only thing I have played recently is the game Reef, which I know Ooh. we have talked about before, right? Yes. Yeah. Sure. So designed by Emerson Matsuchi, former guest on the podcast and from the folks over at Next Move Games. As a brief reminder, it is a two to four player abstract strategy game. Basically, on your turn, you have the choice of either playing a card in your hand or picking up a card from the cards that are laid out in front of you. When you play a card... It has you taking two pieces of coral, putting them on your player board that is in front of you, and then scoring the bottom of the card that you put out. And that might just be, you know, a combination of 
you know, a red coral and a purple coral next to each other or a stack three of coral three high that's topped by a green, any number of different scoring things that could happen. And really, you're just trying to kind of go through, score, uh, play your cards, make your combinations, get the most points and be the winner at the end of the game. I had really only ever played this game with two players before, and now I played it with four. And let me tell you, it is way more complicated playing this game with four <laughs> players because it is almost virtually impossible to plan anything. Yeah. Because it's, if you try to plan something, realistically, by the time you get to take your turn, if there's a certain card you wanted or something like that, none of those cards are there anymore. Literally all of them could be gone. <laughs> so trying to plan ahead is very challenging. Um, this was the game we played on our game night that we've been having lately. Now, one thing I must say about this game night, it's not going well for my partner and I. Not that one of us have won a darn thing yet. Um, I put it a pretty solid choice, uh, solid showing typically. But yeah, kind of getting our butts kicked. <laughs> but I do really like this game still. I think it's really fun. It's really interesting about the strategy behind it. I think it's a, a game that kind of messes with your head a little bit because you have to, since you put the card down, pick up the corals, place the corals, and then score, you have to keep in mind that never is the scoring going to be the same color as the corals you've picked up. So yeah. you are you want to think, oh, I have these points now, so I want to play this card. But then you have to be really careful not to mess up your scoring by those corals you picked up and where you placed them. So I think that's an interesting twist that I never really thought would matter that much. And I don't think in a two-player game necessarily does matter that much because you can think most you will have such good information the entire time you're playing about the cards that are available, how many pieces of coral are there kind of what things are looking at is very easy to keep track of what your opponent is doing so you can see if there's certain cards they're very clearly going for and it gets harder to do with four people because there's just more people to keep track of you're trying to keep track of your scoring as well so maybe i just overthink things that could very well be it rather than just focusing on what i'm doing it's <laughs> not going well see what i what i tell our guests and one of them listens to the show is that we're just letting them win so that they'll keep playing games with us but hey, you got to make sacrifices sometimes. <laughs> so, I would totally do that. I would yeah, so the, every I, game night. <laughs> just keep losing so we can keep playing games. That's what we're doing. But uh, I think this is going to be, I don't know, I won't say the end for good, but I think moving forward, we're not going to have our game night next week as usual because they're going to be on their honeymoon. Um, apparently that's important. Who knows? But <laughs> after that, I think we're going to start picking it up as far as complexity of games a little bit. Because uh, we we've definitely kept it a little a little more a little lighter for the games that we've played thus far, so I think we'll probably pick things up a touch. I know that one of them really wants to play. I uh, see now I have Lord of the Rings on mine, but it's not Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Uh, game of Thrones, the board game. Oh, that's and they have it two notches. <laughs> I know, and they have it. So I told them it was his responsibility to learn it. And then I would be happy to play it. So I'm so I'm sure that's going to be happening down the line. But I think in general, we're going to kind of ramp things up a little bit. And I also have a number of uh, solitaire games I'm actually working on. So hopefully in two weeks, I'll be mostly talking about solitaire games. But we'll see. Yeah. I have a couple of them that I haven't played too much. I've, I have been trying to get those to the table more often. And having enough tables in my house now where I can just leave them set up is very helpful. Nice. So... Hopefully that will be a little more of a topic, but that's really the only thing I've been playing is reef again, really easy recommend. If you're someone who has enjoyed, you know, Azul or Sagrada or 
uh, photosynthesis or anything like this. I feel like this game, Santorini even, I think this game kind of fits right in that same group of style of game. Uh, so if you don't have it and you're looking for something interesting to kind of fit that niche, if you want something maybe a touch different, I would definitely recommend Reef. So with that, Josh, what do you play on your television? Pfft, nothing. <laughs> Why nothing? <laughs> I don't know. When I, when I went to fill in the notes like I usually do for what I've been playing, I was... I'm like, what, did, what am I forgetting? What haven't? What have I been playing that I can't remember? I didn't. I haven't played any games last week. <laughs> what about last two weeks? We haven't talked about games in two weeks. Uh, I don't. You played something on Game Pass. You always play something on Game Pass. I did play something on Game Pass. Oh yeah, of course I did. Thank you. <laughs> what would I do without you? <laughs> um. I feel like it's got to be one of those Void Bastards. Yeah, outer I played wild, Void Bastards. One of those. One of those yeah. I feel like. I played Void Bastards. Um, and in fact, uh, I started downloading more Game Pass titles because uh, I'm I'm worried about how much time I'm going to put into the game. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, and get a little bubbly burpees going on here. Um, because it's basically like a first person Dead Cells, essentially, or right. you know, what is it, Metroidvania? Is that what people call this style of game? Yeah. I mean, so, that's a little different since it's procedurally generated. So it's a little, yeah. rogue, it's got a little roguelike in it, but or so rogue thank you. Roguelite is what I was trying to think of. Gotcha. So, so, um, Void Bastards definitely gets its title, um, from its like British, um, uh, creation. Like it's not necessarily such a hard on the ears word in London, I believe, or right. in England. So I think, you know, some people are like, why would you name your game that? Um, it's, it's a comic book style. So literally as you're playing the game, it has like the white boxes around the whole screen, like in a comic book frame. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the story is told through comic book frames <clears throat> and yeah, all the, like the bad guys, the baddies like speaking like Cockney uh, British and they insult you while you're shooting them. And uh, so it's first person, essentially technically you play as like a, like a backpack you play as like this technological backpack or robot if you will and you attach yourself to prisoners and you are take get, taking these prisoners and you're giving them a task to complete and you start out on this map this 2d map where you can go uh, you go like spaceship to spaceship or a spaceship to like outpost or there's like a big giant mine on one of them. I decided not to go to that because I assumed it would blow me up. Um, and before you go to the location, it tells you what you can get in that location, like for upgrades, because you upgrade um, your weapons and your gear. Um, very RPG-like where uh, I would say it's kind of like the weapon system for like Far Cry or Rage where you can upgrade, you look for parts to upgrade your weapons and things like that. So you can find out if those parts are on those ships. And you can also see what type of bad guys are on the ships you're going to, mm-hmm. which is important because there's some bad guys that are very tough. And if there's more than one in a location, you might just die. And it has like a permadeath type um, system. So <clears throat> when you start with your character, you get a unique um abilities pros or cons or pros and cons or pros and pros or cons and cons it's all random and what that means is your characters have different 
perks and traits. So my first guy that I got, he was uh, a smoker. So his con, his negative con was randomly coughs and alerts enemies nearby. Oh, gosh. I'm like, what the heck? (laughs) And they weren't kidding. I'm like walking through a room and I'm crouched behind some walls. And then all of a sudden my guy just goes, (coughs) and then you hear the bad guys go, he's over here, he's over here or whatever. (laughs) I'm like, oh man. So he died. So I got a new guy with different perks. And then the last guy I got, it was like, um, you're very tall. And I was like, okay, what kind of weird perk is that? It wasn't a positive perk. And it was or it wasn't? It was. It was. Sorry. It was in positive perk. And I'm like, I noticed like I barely fit under doorways. And the guy, the the villains like seemed really small. <laughs> so like I think the uh, perk was called like towering or lumbering or something like that. Uh, I think that's a negative. Uh, suddenly you couldn't like crouch behind things. Yeah, you can't crouch behind things. <laughs> and some turrets like our state are positioned. So you have to crouch behind like cubicles mm-hmm. to get to where you need to go. Um, so it's like, I would say it's super charming. It's funny. I really like the controls. Um, I had a really good time with it. So yeah, I intentionally put it down so I can try some of these other games because while I almost 100% I disagree with the Kevin hates everything episode of game pass. Uh-huh. The one thing I will say, I, I do agree with him on is that, I mean, the games do leave game pass. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you also do know when, like, which yeah. games are leaving. Yep. Uh, but I do like the, the best part of game pass to me is the ability to try all these games and then find the ones that you want to keep playing. So that's my goal. I know I like void bastards. I'm going to put it down. I started moonlighter, mm-hmm. uh, right after the Xbox presentation, just to see if I would like it. But, um, then the wife and kiddo came home. So. Um, I had to put it, what seems to be like a Zelda dungeon crawl game down. Mm-hmm. Um, I downloaded Metro Exodus and then a bunch of the new ones they added on Sunday. So I can give them all a shot. And I still want to try Slay the Spire. Um, I know you, you're going to talk about that. I want to, I want to try that too. Um, and I think I'm going to get Diablo 3 on the Switch Friday because mm. it's on sale. Gotcha. Because you need more Diablo three. I I really want I fun I finished Steam World Dig and Steam World Dig two mm-hmm. like in my bedroom, just lying in bed at night before I like settle down. I really like I, I feel like I'm missing out on these seasons mm-hmm. for Diablo. And when I went back and revisited it with Lucas, I forget how much fun I have with that game. Right. And I really see myself taking advantage of um, Diablo on the Switch um, in casual times where I don't feel pressure right. to make a two-hour session out of it. So I know I could just probably wait for Darksiders, but it, even if the Darksiders game is good, it's not going to be Diablo good. Have you ever I played Path of Exile? Yes. Yes. Path of Exile is fine. Um, I wouldn't say it's bad. It's just it doesn't scratch the Diablo itch that I have. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, try, I try to play Path of Exile and immediately got completely overwhelmed. Yeah, <laughs> by the upgrade. they throw a lot at you like right away yeah, too. By the upgrade tree and slotting and putting stuff in slots. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know yeah. what's going on. So, all right. So I've played kind of a lot of things. Um, and we're going to start with, well, yeah, we'll start with this one. Rage 2. Yes. I have beaten the campaign. 
Nice. Here's my question for you. When you beat the campaign, uh-huh. did you have all of the guns unlocked? Uh-uh. And did you have all of the powers unlocked? Nope. How many guns did you have left to get? Do you remember? I had the shotgun, the okay. assault rifle, uh-huh. and the handgun. That's it? Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you had three guns total. I had a few <laughs> more than that because I had the rocket launcher and then I had the revolver that you can ignite people with. Oh, I didn't get those. Yeah, so I had those two. But I still had, there were still three guns I didn't have, at least. <laughs> and then how many powers did you have that were in the wheel in the lower left? Now, because I know like your sp- your blink or whatever, your teleport, whatever, is technically an ability, but I'm not counting that one. Like how many in the lower left of those four did you have? What teleport? Like just your little, like if you hit L1, you just like sprint really close. Like, uh, 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 you know what I'm saying? I don't know what else to call it. Dash. dash. Thank you. Dash. Yes. Gosh, I don't know why that's so hard for me. Um, I don't know. None. Because all I had were the like the f- kind of one that's similar to force push, and then the one where you yeah. jump and punch the ground. I didn't have that one. The slam. So did you just have the force push one? Yeah, I didn't have slam. Because there are, I think, three more or four more that yeah, I don't have, and I beat the game. Me too. Yeah, I didn't really go looking for arcs. Uh, if I ran across one, I like got yeah an arc, but. I don't know that I got any extra abilities. The shotgun was the only weapon I got from an arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the yeah, then I got the rocket launcher and the other revolver. And then the force push thing. Did I get it upgraded at an arc? Does it upgrade? At some you point? upgrade with just by getting stuff, then you can upgrade. Yeah. In the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Use. Yeah, I didn't do all that stuff. I'm sure I missed out on all that, but like I said, I accidentally started endgame <laughs> well so here's my deal with this game i i think it's cool to a degree that you can go at your own pace finish things when you want to but for a game that's so focused on the cool guns and the combat and the cool powers it seems kind of bad i don't want to say bad but odd that they make the decision that you can finish the game by ignoring a huge part of the game yeah yeah, I agree with you. It just that. seems really odd. Or that it wasn't very hard to beat the game. No, it wasn't hard at all. <laughs> I was a little worried going into this thinking, oh, maybe I'm not powered up enough. I really haven't done any upgrades. I really, we'll see how this goes. And it was fine. Yeah. And not, and not that I'm good at games. It just was not that hard. Yeah, I'm not good at games. I didn't die at the boss fight. <laughs> yeah, I didn't die there. That, uh, so, Rage 2. It's an interesting... A lot of interesting choices about this game. I the number of bugs I had by the end though were kind of annoying. Really? Way way more than Days Gone. Not even remotely close. Mm-hmm. I had to stop and restart my game pretty much every play session for Rage oh, Two no. because either the NPC dialogue would be completely gone and no NPC would talk, or there would be no audio at all, just none. That happened to me once. That or the sound effects for certain things happening would just happen constantly. Oh, no. <laughs> so, you know, the little, did you ever get the little glider thing that you can fly in? Yeah. So I got that, was trying to figure out how to use it and accidentally, quote unquote, honked the horn and it just kept honking. Never stopped. <laughs> Couldn't hear anything else other than a very, very loud honking. And, awesome. but <laughs> I, but I would run into situations where if I would blow up barrels or things would explode, that sound effect would just continue on for four, five, six minutes until I stopped. 
and recently would have to quit the game, load a save and go back in and then it would be gone. And there was, you know, the scientist doctor guy you talked to who's down in the little on the riding on the guy. Yeah. For his missions to trigger, I would have to stand on top of him and hold the button down to talk to him. If I stood in front of him and talked to him, it wouldn't work. That's really funny because I had to crouch to talk to him. <laughs> oh, I tried that. I tried all these other things and yeah. I finally looked it up online and someone said, try standing on top of him. So I did and it worked. So I would jump on top of this dude and then the mission would trigger. Yeah. Just, I just. Maybe they could have baked this game a little bit longer. I think so. Yeah. I think that would have been helpful. Really, really helpful. I blame Walmart Canada for this. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing is that, well, number one, I won't say this is unfortunate. Their marketing team did a great job. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Number two, (laughs) the combat in the game is still really fun. The combat's a really good time. And I kind of want to get the other powers and other weapons to see how much more fun it could be. But I also don't want to go look for them. (laughs) Right. It's a lot of money to spend in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I beat the story. Super anticlimactic, not even a great story. Yeah. So now I just don't know what to do with this game. I don't know what to do. I think I'm done. I think is what it is. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're probably done. So yeah. Anyway, Rage Two, it's beat. I can say I completed it. I guess that's an accomplishment. I suppose. Yeah, that's uh, an accomplishment. Yeah. Just because yeah. it wasn't super rewarding doesn't mean it was. It's true. It was not the most rewarding accomplishment. Something that was a rewarding accomplishment, though. Uh, Blood and Truth. Hmm. Uh, finish that. That's a VR game for our yep, PSVR game for from Sony's London studio. Mm-hmm. It is very much a British, super British uh, crime drama where you're fa- you are a member of a family who's been wronged and you are going out to right the wrong. And the soundtrack is amazing. Super heavy British grime music overlaid with orchestral tracks. Very cool. The the music is really good. They did a pretty swell job of navigating all of the shortcomings of the PlayStation Move controllers. They did a pretty darn good job of designing this game around avoiding all of them. <laughs> so it is, but it very much feels like you are in a summer blockbuster movie. The Story, there's way more story than I thought there was going to be, and it's fine. It's not, it's not gonna, you know, win, win any Oscars, but it's it it's serviceable for getting you through. It's definitely kind of helps you understand who these people are and who this family is. And I, I you know, they definitely set it up for there to be a sequel. We'll see if that happens. Uh, it did actually debut at number one in the UK the week it came out. It was the number one best selling game, which is the first time a VR game ever has been in the uk so that's kind of cool that bodes well for it but this game is just fun it's stupid fun there were multiple times where i was playing it that i exclaimed out loud about how cool stuff was and yeah it's just a good time wow, I don't know this is to... cool yeah basically <laughs> yes this is awesome that was so cool did you see that to nobody because nobody's there but yeah it's a good time it's really fun i did have one super awkward glitch where i was dual wielding and you have when you start the game, you set up, you have to like hold your hand to your chest because your clips are there and you have to hold your hands to your hips because for when you're putting guns in holsters. And at one point, 
but you can dual wield. So then it gets very complicated kind of when you're taking clips and putting them in guns because you are holding two guns, but then also reloading. <laughs> um, and it's funny because you can just take clips and throw them at people. And I'll, anyway, neither here nor there. But one time I did that and I went to reload and then my guns stuck together <laughs> and they were stuck together on the screen and I could not get them apart. And then I so then when I would shoot, I was just shooting like straight above <laughs> me and, I, and then i died it didn't it did not work very well i tried to turn my hands so yeah it just didn't work well um but yeah it was a really fun game i hope that it looked really good which for vr is is definitely trying as it's not something they can easily do but if you have a psvr or are interested in psvr but in truth it's a lot of fun uh it's really sparse right now it's a five-hour campaign and that's all the game is they are coming out with more free dlc down the road including a like a new game plus and some score attack modes and things like that but right now it's just the five-hour campaign but it is a really fun five-hour campaign uh, there are parts that go into slow motion like you're in a movie so you're nice. running and like jumping out of buildings and shooting at people <laughs> everything goes slow-mo and things are exploding it's it's a, it's a good time it's fun so yeah blood and truth i recommend it it's a good time uh and then very briefly started a way out with the wife um I had been talking to her about potentially playing this game for a while. She's a big fan of us playing games together. Usually that involves Overcooked mm-hmm. and or Lego games. <laughs> so I was trying to move us in a different direction and have started this. It's not bad. It's interesting. Uh, some of the acting slash voice acting is not great. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's definitely Joseph Ferris doing a lot of it. I could be wrong, I but I, I think it is. <laughs> uh, but it's kind of an interesting story so far. It's really fun. I know that you can play this online with people, but I think it does add a little something extra playing it sitting next to somebody. So yeah, a way out. I think if you're looking for a game to play with someone, uh, I think it's a really good option. Uh, I think it's not very expensive. So definitely a cool thing. And the last thing that I just started, I played my did my first run of before we started recording the podcast. I started to slay the spire, and I am very worried, Josh, Uh-oh. because <laughs> this game is really cool. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. You like, tricked me. <laughs> really, really cool. Um, I'm worried about how much time I'm going to put into it. I'm actually very glad it's not on Switch, because if it was, I would probably spend every night before bed playing this game. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> right, but ten minutes becomes I know, and yes, I'm very I'm not very good at it yet. My deck is still very new, so I'm not to this point yet where you can beat the entire game in under twenty minutes. But ten minutes became forty minutes very quickly. I didn't really notice that it had become forty minutes. So, yeah, really enjoying it so far. So look for more on that soon. Slay the Spire, playing it on PS4. It's been on a PC forever, but good time. Highly recommended thus far. All right. And with that, we're going to move on to our topic of the show. And as I teased at the very beginning of the show, we're going to be talking about Yield E3 2019. The trade show has officially kicked off by the time we're recording this. All the presentations, press conferences, media media briefings, whatever you want to call them, have occurred. Hmm. And at this time, it seems like a really good time to celebrate some of the awesome things that we saw, the cool things that we heard. And maybe some of the things that made us go, huh. So what we're going to do is we're just going to first talk briefly about some of our head scratchers. And then we're going to cover our favorite moments from E3 2019. Now, the important thing I want to clarify about our head scratchers. These are not things that are necessarily bad. These are just things that made us go, huh. 
So actually, not, I don't know that any of mine are super bad necessarily. They're just things that I thought were interesting. So, but not excited about. So with that, actually, before we jump into that, what was yeah. your excitement level for E3 this year, Josh? Were you super stoked about it? Yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty off the charts excited. <laughs> you were? Yeah, I really was. I didn't let on about it. I was trying to temper my expectations, but why were you? So, was, what what was what was amping the that excitement for you? I was just really everything that we were led to believe about Microsoft's conference mm-hmm. was was just. I mean, I don't. You know, it, it was going to be the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. So I was very excited for Microsoft's conference. How many of the spoilers for the <laughs> conference did you know about for the conference? Well, for the most part, um, I tried to be aware, like I was aware of the things, but without without watching anything. Like mm. the Ninja Theory one, um, we talked about in Discord a little bit, and then I I checked it out. But then as soon as I saw that confidential mm-hmm. screen, I stopped watching. I just said, I can wait. Like, it's, you know, it's fine. So I knew that was coming. Um, and then there was like one or two other things that I can't even remember necessarily what they were, um, going into it, mm-hmm. but I didn't know, like I knew about them. I, I wouldn't say it, it ruined my experience, okay, but only because they weren't for things I was necessarily excited for and they didn't, I didn't like dive into what they were. Right. Um, and then like one of the, well, a couple of the things I saw spoiled, they weren't even at shows. So like, oh, yeah, yeah. when was I going to find out about Darksiders Genesis? Cause they didn't show it. So like, right. That didn't like, it got spoiled without really being spoiled. Cause it wouldn't have been mm-hmm. spoiled. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, I think they were hoping that when they did their E3 Coliseum show would get announced then, and then everyone would yeah. know or whatever. But I don't know that that does a lot. I don't know how many people. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that would have been cool reveal for them still. I don't know. <laughs> I guess you probably, it's probably a good thing for game developers to be able to announce their games on their terms. Yes. So for I sure. think that's good. You know, and even, I mean, and I thought it was a huge, huge game, but even like IGN ran something early and spoiled a, a game announcement. <laughs> so, and it wasn't a huge one. It was the Contra game. But oh yeah, yeah. But it's one of those things. It just I feel like these things happen this time of year. So I'm glad you were super excited. My as a PlayStation fan, my expectations were obviously pretty tempered. Sure, <laughs> so, I get that. <laughs> yeah, so I I was looking forward to E3, uh, but not maybe as much as I typically do. Um, yeah, I, I but I still had a good time. For those of you who don't know, I live streamed with PSVG all of the things on Monday. Pretty much other than the yeah. PC show. <laughs> and I did Bethesda on Sunday night and the Bethesda Recap podcast and the Xbox Repo- Xbox Recap podcast. So I've talked about E3 a lot. <laughs> yeah, now you get to do it some more. <laughs> so, yeah, but I'm excited. That's okay. I like E3. It's fun to talk about. It's cool to, to have these conversations. So I am okay with that. So, Josh, how many huh moments do you have on your list? Uh, just a couple. Okay. I have a just whole a bunch, couple. but I can definitely pare mine down. <laughs> or I can well, go some of mine are a group. A couple okay. of mine are group ones. Okay. Well, why don't you take me through your first huh moment? And it doesn't have to be in any order you want it to be in. Well, it's my f- a huh moment mm-hmm. was pretty much, let's say, 
eighty percent of Bethesda's presentation. Okay, can you could you clarify <laughs> that a little bit? Um, yeah, I can clarify. Um, I didn't really get what they were last year's Bethesda's conference, and even the year before. So they were both great. They had a lot of content to show, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's what my expectation. Uh, was going into this one as well mm-hmm. and and i didn't get that right for me like most of their presentation was recycled stuff or three mobile games yeah they had a number of mobile games yeah. i thought ghostwire tokyo <clears throat> looked very interesting mm-hmm. um i just don't know this kind of this kind of encompasses um a lot of my feelings about this E3, um, also Deathloop, mm-hmm. seems very cool. Um, and like I was talking to Kyle before we recorded, I don't know, I don't know where this uh, sits on my like what I've said about things in the past, how I feel about things, but I really feel as maybe this can be a, a ha moment for all of E3. We, I feel like we've got we got way more cinematic trailers and less mm-hmm. gameplay than ever before. Yeah. Um, which seems really odd to me. And usually I'm happy to see cinematic mm-hmm. trailers, um, but for games that we're not going to get for a while. Right. Um, and I feel like these else, these might still be games we're not going to get for a while. Right. Maybe why it was just cinematic trailers, but a lot of the Microsoft stuff, a lot of the Ubisoft stuff, the Bethesda stuff, mm-hmm. Even the Square stuff, like it's well, no, I would say Square was mostly gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a lot of cinematic and not a lot of gameplay. And like for and that's me being a little biased because like for the Microsoft stuff, they did show a lot of gameplay, but it was for games that one looked like a game Microsoft would never publish. It was like a Nintendo E3 conference, or, or games that I just weren't necessarily interested in. Yeah, Maybe like it- ID at Xbox games, kind of like that. Yeah, it definitely were a lot of the games at the bigger conferences. It was the quote unquote smaller games that had yeah. gameplay. Yeah, like I'm not excited for Elder Scrolls mobile game on my Switch. I like, and it's not even coming out for a while. Right. I mean, <laughs> or, come on, the Switch Blades <laughs> joke was kind of funny. Yes, but that's inherently <laughs> built in. Um, like Elder Scrolls Legends. The Rage, the Rage, so like we've already had this conversation. The Rage 2 trailer looked fun, but it was like we already know that the marketing team is painting a different picture for this right. game. Right. So the, what we saw was probably not half as fun as what we're going to get. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably the Doom, true. The Doom thing was very fun to watch, but I really feel like I can't, I won't be able to hold a candle to that game. It seems <laughs> like it's way too fast for old man Josh. Um, Commander Keen, I mean, cool. Like it really brought me back to my days playing PC on mm-hmm. floppy disks, but, um, you know, I don't know. And, and Fallout 76, you, you kind of start to wonder when they say how well, how great their fan base has been and how supportive they are, how much of that is purposely fabricated to try to get more people into fallout 76 and and like i asked kevin like has this game gotten any better he never answered me in discord so i'm like <laughs> well, well i don't know that he's played it in a while <laughs> right and then kevin's a diehard follow guy so mm-hmm. so 
you know, I'm in, I'll probably, I'll try to check it out this week, but right. I think it's the, free right now. The, the Bethesda thing, the Bethesda conference was real for at least for its length, really put it in the huh territory for me. Understandable. I mean, it was basically the same length as the Microsoft conference, the Microsoft yeah. showed 60 games. And Ubisoft was just as long and Square was just as long. Yeah. And Microsoft showed 60 games and Bethesda showed about 12. So, yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, one of mine was Commander Keen. So I'll take that off because you talked about <laughs> that. Just really odd how they were trying to swing that as we're going back to Commander Keen. Think about this really awesome classic game as a free to play mobile title. Anyway, um, <laughs> for me, something that made me go, huh, man. Terminator's in a lot of games. This isn't Terminator. I was like, in that uh, the second time they showed it, I was like, is that the, also the Terminator? <laughs> so Terminator is going to be in Gears 5, Ghost Recon, uh, Breakpoint, and there's rumors that Terminator's Smash also going to be, no, a character in Mortal <laughs> Kombat 11. I know they have a new movie to promote. I know they have a new movie to promote. Well, they have two more characters to announce for Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah, so there's a rumor. No, I have no idea how credible the rumor is, but that Terminator is one of those characters from Mortal Kombat 11. You would fit in in that universe. That would make sense. But if they made him like the Arnold one, not the T-2000. Not T-1000, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, that for me was just uh, not bad. Just odd that apparently... Terminator is a thing again. I guess I know they have, like I said, I know they have a new movie to promote, but yeah. that just kind of, huh? Terminator, multiple games. All right, let's go. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what was another huh moment you had? So something that made me go huh was lack of X Cloud mm. uh, presentation. Uh, yeah. And I would also lump Scarlet into that. Um, given the amount of talk. Mm-hmm that Phil Spencer and the Xbox team were saying we would, every time they mentioned E3, they were, we're talking xCloud, we're talking the next generation of Xbox. I thought for sure we would have more than two minutes of time talking about xCloud and right. seeing it in action. And and like if you listen to the Xbox Drive, our buddies Sean, Capri, and Luke Lore, uh, have played it. Mm-hmm. They're there and you know, um, they said they're saying it's very impressive, but like, how do you know that if you're not there? Like, you right, don't. you don't, yeah. So, I was just my like, the huh, like, I'm really surprised they didn't dedicate maybe more time to that and less time to like the three JRPGs they're bringing to the Xbox that has zero market share in Japan. Well, that's good. that's why they're bringing it up to the West. <laughs> Well, I don't know. The West needs the Fantasy Star Online 2 for free is going to sell consoles in Japan. It's not, <laughs> but it will. But it gives the opportunity for people in the United States who haven't been able to play that game a chance yes. to play it. I know. I'm being. Well, I'm just. I'm just wondering why they put time to other things. Yeah. Over that. Yeah, because Fantasy Star Online 2 is actually on PS4 in Japan and it has over a million players. That's pretty big, I guess. Then, <laughs> so, yeah, yep. Because I think they there was a news thing about how it hit a million players in March, and Sega said back in like 2012 that they were going to bring the, the game to the West, and now it finally is <laughs> coming. So, yeah. um, my huh, I, my next huh thing, I guess. I just thought this was weird, and I know I I know why they do this, but I just think it's funny. Uh, just Dance 2020. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Coming to the Wii. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I was looking for that because there was like running jokes. I know. It just kind of <laughs> happened. Yeah. Not the Wii U. 
the Wii. And I get it. The explanation makes sense because a lot of preschools and nursing homes and community areas still have Wiis. Yeah. So they sell a lot of versions of Just Dance to those places. I just, for them. I, it's great. It absolutely <laughs> is great. It is funny, though. The only other thing I don't totally know is it's coming to Stadia, and I guess I don't get how that works, but I'm also not a smart person. So, yeah, that is a good question. Yeah. I don't Stadia really... is going to sell webcams. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, so that was my another huh moment. Just Dance still coming to Wii. Did you have any more, sir? I can do one more. Okay. Do one more for me. It's EA Play. Huh? What was this? <laughs> they okay. did it outside, first yeah. of all. They showed on a sunlit screen a dark Star Wars trailer for yeah. a crowd. I'm like, I can't imagine being there. You wouldn't be able to see anything. Yeah, I feel and like that would have been very barely, challenging. I could barely see it on my HD TV because the game was so dark. <laughs> I mean, on my, I was watching on my phone, sorry, my iPhone X, which is HD screen. Right. How's that gotta, work watching it? <laughs> gotta hope whatever projector was running that screen had a really bright bulb. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like, Star Wars looked great. Um, I, I don't understand the the dedication to thir- 30 minutes for Apex Legends, Battlefield Five, FIFA, Madden, and Sims 4. They all got 30 minutes of time. And... Mm-hmm. A lot of it was filler. A lot of it was like, if we haven't gotten onto that, that embracing the direct mm-hmm. thing, like, I don't understand why they didn't do it in this one because we're si- literally sitting there watching Apex Legends and they're announcing a character, a gun, and that's it. And the battle pass. And, and that they had. Well, they didn't really do the battle pass, though. They were like, she comes in the battle pass, this gun comes in the battle pass, and there's the competitive game like a, mode coming yeah, ranked competitive mode. and then the so elite whatever they announce her they spend seven to ten mm-hmm. minutes announcing her then they spend another five minutes just on the gun yeah and then they show the same trailer yeah at the beginning and the end of the apex thing just really want to drive it home make sure you understand and then battlefield 5 they just showed the new maps right <laughs> i mean FIFA was cool. They announced the, the FIFA Street mode mm-hmm. was coming to FIFA. Yep. Um, Madden was interesting. They talked about the um, um, basically adding even more RPG elements into Madden. Right. Which was interesting. Um, I'm sure Coach was thrilled, but having like the um, like I'm I'm forgetting on the phrasing, but basically like um, each player has their own like perk or mm-hmm. uh, I forget what they use for the terminology. Um, but I thought that was pretty cool. Like Patrick Mahomes could throw, if he threw six passes over 30 yards, then he could complete any pass for like any distance, which is like a little crazy. That is a little crazy. Uh, it makes it a little bit more arcadey. So I'm sure franchise players are going to hate that. Um, <laughs> but the, the way they did their presentation being outside and in the amount of time, they gave to each um, thing and, and the content was a little like, maybe like, why didn't they tighten this up into like a direct style presentation? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, interesting that they're going that way with Madden because yeah. uh, NHL 19, that's the way it goes, right? 19 yeah. uh, is Games with Cold for the month of June. Yep. So I downloaded it, started it, got to the start screen. 
and said, I have no idea what's going on and stopped playing it because <laughs> it's, it's a tile. There's like, there's like 12 things to pick from. Madden's like that too. I know. What am I supposed to, I, I, I just want to play hockey. How do I, how do I play hockey in this? So it is complicated. Yeah, I, and I'm sure it's not a steep learning curve and I can figure it out, but I wanted just to play hockey. <laughs> we should said, stream it. We should play hockey together and stream it. We should. You can beat me. It'd be great. No, you can be on the same team. Oh, even better. We can win together then. <laughs> All right. Um, I have a few more, so I'll just kind of group them real quick here. Um, so what was announced? It was announced kind of before E3 got rolling, uh, but we had talked about the Metal Gear Solid board game. Got some pictures of the contents, and yes. you can order it on Amazon, and it's $135. Huh? Picture exclamation points going of above my head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I went, huh, $135. Again, that's designer. just to cover the rule book printing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And there's a lot of stuff in the box. There's a decent number of minis. I know when Emerson was on the show, he was talking about how thick the rule book was. So I, I'm not saying that it's overpriced. It's just more than I was expecting it to be. So yeah, I haven't heard anyone talk about playing it, though. Have you seen right, anything? Probably, I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen Excuse anything. Me. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what the deal is there. But anyway, so there's that. That made me go, huh? Uh, Roller Champions from yeah. Ubisoft. I, I almost went, started playing that before we recorded. Yeah, I went, huh? That's that's interesting. <laughs> I feel like they're trying to get a little bit in on the Rocket League. That arena. guy said I wasn't even going to touch it, but that guy said. I guarantee you, if you go home and play this, you will love it. That's what that guy said. He did. I was like, sure. oh, I guess if you're guaranteeing it, <laughs> I should try it. You're, I don't know what's going to happen if that guarantee isn't true, but. <laughs> I'll kind of send him an email. <laughs> um, just, it just seems very different from what UB is doing currently. So I thought that was interesting. But my huh is it's not the different I wanted. Right. Selfishly, I wanted a Rayman or an UBR game or something like that. Um, and a game that might kind of fit that genre we'll be talking about maybe in a little bit. But I yeah, get a huh. I, what's that? I get a huh. Oh, what's your huh? Mythic Quest. Oh my gosh, that was my last one. <laughs> what is that? What is up with that thing? Uh, they must have been like, we're in trouble if we just put this out and try to get in like during pilot season and help people watch it. So we need to get to our audience immediately yeah. to make them aware of this show so they watch it. <laughs> Did they yeah. say a network? It's on Apple TV. I think it's an exclusive oh, to Apple no TV. No yeah. one's going to watch it. Yeah. yeah. That's so, too bad. The uh, listener, <laughs> if you're not that. aware, uh, it is a television show that Ubisoft is kind of helping with the creative side and I think helping create the game stuff that they show in the show. Is that kind of what you got from it? Yeah. It has Albed from Community, which I'm psyched about. Um I don't know how I'm going to watch it. Cause yeah, it's being run by the people who do show run. all of our Apple stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's being show run by the people who do It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It just yeah, was really odd. And like Charlie Day is helping write it. Yeah. Um, and Rob McKel- I can never Honey. say his last name. Yeah, Michael Honey uh, is starring and writing it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a show I would definitely watch if I had. It just seemed way, way, way out of... It didn't seem like it belonged there. Yeah, it just was, and it was just odd. It was very odd. Well, yeah, kind, kind of like starting with a Assassin's Creed Symphony. That's that cool, cool that they're doing that, but it's going to 
nine six cities, cities and like half of them are out of the yeah. United States. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to very many places. If it was this huge tour that they really want to bring awareness to, I would get it. But it's so yeah. so limited. But anyway, and I I think I need to start playing Brawlhalla. Have you played Brawlhalla at all? I think I played it like when it first came out. So I don't mm-hmm. know that that was a fair shake for them. But like, I mean, Jake and Finn, I have to get some Adventure Time going. So I've never watched at least Adventure Time. It. Oh, you don't know what you're missing. You gotta watch it. You're right. I don't know what I'm missing because I've never gotta, seen it. You gotta watch it. It's okay. okay. We'll see. So yeah. Anyway, those were our hum moments. So we will tran we will transition. We will go to our our favorite moments. Now, an important clarifier I want to give to folks. These moments and the games associated with them are in no way an endorsement level of the quality of what the game is going to be. <laughs> These are just the moments we enjoyed while watching the press conferences or that have happened at E3. These games all might be bad. I have no idea. I'll be honest. Some of these games on my list, I have no idea what they are. (laughs) But watching the conference and whatever I saw of it made me go, that's cool. So, Josh, how did you get to your list of five? How many did your list start with? Kind of, is it literally five to one your favorite? Or how did you kind of organize things? It's one to five, my favorite. Um, I didn't put, I put games over moments um just because i don't know that i've had like we talked about it like we could i could i don't want to speak for you i i could have easily put the keanu reeves Mm -hmm. um moment on there or when john berenthal came out with the dog like i thought that was really cool Mm -hmm. he showed my wife and she was like wow that dog is so well behaved i I know yeah isn't that cool it's not lunging out and attacking people great (laughs) because um I mean, there was definitely cool moments, um, but like I wouldn't even, I wouldn't want to put the Microsoft press conference as one of my top five favorite moments because I don't think that the whole equals a favorite for me. Like I think it was Mm -hmm. fine. So yeah. So I I just kind of picked my five favorite moments, five favorite games that I saw or moments of those games or whatever. Okay. How did you go about? So I just kind of, your list. yeah, I just thought of all the moments that I enjoyed and wrote them down. That gave me a list of 11 things. Okay. And then I kind of whittled from there. And I, like you, eliminated a lot of the quote unquote moments just to mm-hmm. get it to five games, essentially, that they're showing is what ended up in my top five list. And I have it ranked from five to one, with one being my favorite moment, five being my least favorite of my favorites, uh, and then an honorable mention list of six, obviously. So. So, yeah, which maybe we'll get to those depending on time. So yeah. with that, sir, what was your fifth favorite moment from E3 2019? My fifth favorite moment was the Blair Witch reveal. Okay. As a huge Blair Witch fan, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> watching that, like Donnie and I, and I don't know how much attention Caroline was paying more attention to how scared she was than what the game might be. So yeah. like Donnie and I are trying to figure out what this game is. Mm-hmm. Is it outlast three? Cause it certainly looks like outlast, yeah. which is good. That's a nice compliment to pay this game. Yeah. Um, and then like, I kind of, I kind of knew, like, I don't know. I just had this feeling. And then when they showed the woods and the logo and then they showed the person in the corner, I was like, oh, it's the Blair Witch. I can't. So I'm really excited to to play this game, which looks to have a narrative story more than just a survival horror Slenderman type feel. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to 
uh, hopefully play something that like reinvigorates the Blair Witch spirit instead of all the unfortunate um, stuff that we've gotten after the first movie. Right. So here's my here are my quick questions. Have you seen the 2016 Blair Witch movie? Uh, no, because I know it was made before they put the Blair Witch title on it. Right. Okay. Uh, did you see what was the Blair Witch Two Book of Secrets? Book of Shadows. Book of Shadows. Book of Secrets. Book of Shadows. Did you see that one? Uh huh. Did you like that one? No, it was terrible. It so, was like now what you did last summer meets the Blair okay. Witch. So you like you're excited about the game based off of the first movie only. Yes. Okay. Well, in the lore of like uh, like the lore of the Blair Witch. Yeah. No, it looked cool. I I agree. As watching that trailer, it was is this Outlast? Is this Fatal Frame? Yeah, is I said this... I said Fatal Frame right away, but Donnie wasn't listening, or he or he got up at one point, right? Because I really thought it was Fatal Frame yeah. three at first or two or whatever yeah. the next one is. You know, and then I think some I didn't get this, but some people thought maybe it was uh, Alan Wake. That would have been cool too. Which would have been cool, but yeah. So no, that's a cool moment. I I agree. That was one of those things that was out of left field. I don't know that anyone saw that coming. So yeah. Blair Witch the game. So and launching on the Game Pass, I believe, when it comes out. Yeah, launching on so, Game Pass. There you go. Uh my number five moment was the gameplay trailer for Wolfenstein Youngblood. Uh I am a big fan of Wolfenstein in general and I've, or of the reboots that Machine Games has done. And Youngblood looks to kind of fit right in that same vein. It looks a little faster. So for those of you who maybe didn't like the weightiness of the combat before, it definitely seems like it's going to be moving quite a bit quicker. I appreciate the fact that it's a budget price. Uh, I know some people that probably is worrisome too, but for me, I, I think it, I've played a lot of quote-unquote budget price games that have been good, so I'm not too worried about that. And I like the fact that it's co-op and it comes with a buddy pass. So only one person has to buy it, and you can still play it co-op with someone else who hasn't purchased the game, which I think is really cool. So I'm excited to play this game. It's also coming out soon. It's here in July. And it was one of those games that is a quote-unquote bigger game that we got actual gameplay for, which is pretty exciting. So Wolfenstein, this actually for me was back and forth between Wolfenstein and Doom Eternal. But Wolfenstein, I prefer that genre over the, the Doom reboot was great. I just kind of prefer the Wolfenstein games over those. So that's kind of what won me out there. So Wolfenstein Youngblood from those fine folks at Machine Games and Bethesda. Nice. Yeah. What did you think? You liked it? Yeah. Actually, I I think um, I like the way that the, like their story is going with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not worried about a $40 price tag because I think we're at the point where we can see games come out. What was, yeah. You and Kevin did that one. Did did which one? Bethesda. Yeah. As you guys were talking about it, Kevin's like, Far Cry New Dawn was 40 bucks, and that was great mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. I thought it was okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we can see games at 40 bucks. It, it makes sense. A lot more games should be 40 with the amount of DLC they charge for. So yeah, for sure. $40 is a great price. All right. What so was your number four? My number four was Star Wars Jedi, The Fallen Order. In uh, general, combined between the two or a specific showing of it? the well seeing gameplay okay like true gameplay mm-hmm. um the presentation at ea play i really like the trailer they showed at xbox too like that really mm-hmm. looks really cool it, it could have been higher if it didn't look so much like a force unleashed sequel and it looked like its own game mm-hmm. um but really it looks great so don't get me wrong i just thought what i thought we were getting was going to be 
different and maybe not necessarily in a good or bad way, just from what we heard about the parrying system and everything, mm-hmm. it could have gone any direction, but um, I think it looks great. I like the combat. I'm I'm really hoping what we saw was them like in a debug mode with all the powers unlocked because like, I feel like with the level up progression system, mm-hmm. like you need to earn those powers. If you're just gifted force, push and pull and slow down time, it's not going to feel like a true Star Wars like game. From what I know, according to the Game Informer cover story, the demo that we saw that they showed at E3 was like like four ish hours into the game, and many of those you don't definitely do not start with all that, right? And that's also not quote unquote final form. Okay, that's I mean I just assumed that uh, that it would be something like that, but yep. uh, animations look great. The voice acting sounds awesome. Um, there was while running, which is mm-hmm. pretty freaking cool. Which is something you have to earn. You can't do it to start. That's cool. That's even better. There you go. <laughs> um, the only thing that really annoys me is the droid. That would be painful for him, for that droid to be crawling up him. That's metal. <laughs> um, but otherwise, yeah, it looks really cool. Um, I can't wait to see more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it it took me from skeptical to winning me over. So, Do you think it sticks with that November date? Uh, I hope so, but I wouldn't be mad if they delayed it. I think with at least Microsoft saying that we're looking at holiday 2020 for Scarlet, Mm -hmm. I got to imagine PlayStation's probably close to that. So I would assume, yeah. I'm not so worried anymore about the first quarter of 2020. (laughs) There's a thousand games in the first quarter of 2020. As far as like, (laughs) I I thought we'd be pushing consoles by then, not like, so if it was delayed to a console release, that would worry me. But if they need more time, take it to February. Yeah. No, it, yeah, it looked good. And I think obviously with episode nine, I, my assumption is there's probably a lot of pressure to not miss the state. Yeah. So it looks cool though. I, I, it's something it, this is the kind of Star Wars game that I I definitely want to play. And I think there was a a really, I don't know that it was a a purposeful slight or, or even intentional in any way, but someone had asked Stig, um, the creative director in an interview about, you know, making a, a Star Wars game and and the pressure there and all that good stuff. And his comment back was something along the lines of, you know, just because the game looks and sounds like Star Wars doesn't make it Star Wars. That's a good approach to take to making a Star Wars game. Right. <laughs> but I right away was thinking, oh, well, you know, Battlefront looks and sounds yeah. a lot like Star Wars. <laughs> so I didn't know if that's what I, I don't think he intentionally was taking a, a slight at anyone. Yeah. But I immediately was like, oh, I, I kind of get what you're saying there, probably. So, <laughs> but yeah, I looking, I am looking forward to playing that one this uh, fall as well, slash winter. So, uh, my number four was a game I kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, and this is a game that might be really bad. I have no idea. I don't really even know 100% what you do, but that's Gods and Monsters. Yeah. At the very end of the Ubisoft conference, they're kind of one more thing. Uh, trailer. The reason that caught my eyes, I had mentioned I was really looking for a new Ubi Art game, yep. and this, you know, definitely isn't that. But it is very pretty. It definitely has that more artistic push. It's it's very much about the art design of the game and not just going for realism, realism, realism. Which I appreciate. I I, I like those games that really focus on trying to create a, a very specific artistic vision. And it's by the team that made Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I really enjoy, and kind of staying in that world of 
gods and monsters and, and living in that world. So we don't know much more about it. It's supposedly coming out in February, I want to say, is what the yeah. date was. Yep. And they showed no gameplay at all. Yeah. It was a really short trailer, under a minute, 45 seconds maybe even. It looked really pretty, but we know almost nothing about it. It's supposedly out in like eight months. Yeah. So hopefully it's great. But just as far as piquing my interest in something, if you want to get cynical about it, as far as selling me a game, they sold me that game based off that trailer right now. Now, obviously, yeah. that can change. But uh, yeah, Gods and Monsters. Did you have any thoughts on that trailer at all? Uh, no, because they didn't show anything. So I, I thought it was... Uh, I mean, I'm all for checking. Like, I'm all for it. Like, a new mm-hmm. IP is great. Yeah. Um, I don't need another Breath of the Wild. So hopefully it's not... Hey, you're getting to move them now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, I'm interested to see more about it, and obviously, I, I like the theme. So, yeah. bring the theme on. <laughs> did you, did you by chance uh, watch the Nintendo Shack watch along of the Nintendo Direct today? No, because I was at work, so I had to watch the Direct after. Um, but I saw the screen. I didn't realize Caroline was at Donnie's house. So yeah, I was like, "What the heck is going on?" <laughs> we we got we got a little hate for our our hate of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> so. Oh well, I mean. Sorry, I think I'm uh, more on Colin Moriarty's side on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. I actually, we'll, we'll we'll potentially talk about it later. Anyway, moving on. What was your number three, sir? So my number three really surprised me that it would even be on my list. Um, and maybe this is what makes me a hypocrite. Final Fantasy VII Remaster. Why does really... it make you a hypocrite? They showed a ton of gameplay. Because I'm pretty sure I made fun of this game forever about how yeah. it's never going to come out. You did. Uh, so maybe it doesn't make me a hypocrite. Maybe it just makes me an idiot. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm still not confident it comes out at the release date that they've given us. <laughs> right. Um, because they didn't really show us. Like they showed us some. Um, they showed us a lot of one fight, which mm-hmm. is probably easy to get out if yeah. the game is still delayed. <laughs> um, I, you know, I still have a lot of good memories of Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. And the skeptical part of me, to be honest, was basing it off of what we first saw of Final Fantasy VII Remake, mm-hmm. which is not what this game is. Right. Um, it looks incredible. Yeah. Uh, like almost like too good to be true graphics for a game that's been in development for three years. Mm-hmm. Longer than that. But this mm-hmm. version of it's probably been yeah. for three years. Um, the voice acting is great. Yep. Um, the combat looks innovative yeah uh there was a psp final fantasy 7 psycho not psycho cross because that's your name (laughs) um cross something that changed the fighting style yeah i think of the name now it reminded me that a little bit um so i like that i liked how that meter builds up and that's how you you know use your special abilities and magic um and i I don't know. I was just really blown away with that that gameplay that we saw. Like I know people joke about gameplay being king, but mm-hmm. if they just showed us another cinematic trailer for Final Fantasy VII, it, I probably wouldn't. It probably wouldn't even be on my top fifteen moments of V three. So uh, this is a big one for for me, and, and good for them. I really, it really blew me away. So I'm, I really hope it's as good as it looks like it's going to be. Yeah, Crisis Core. Thank you, Crisis yeah. Core. Um, my number three is a game that is also coming out pretty quick here, uh, and that is Astral Chain, mm. 
which is a Nintendo Switch exclusive coming from the fine folks at Platinum Games. I'm a huge fan of Platinum's good games um, because they've had some not super great games. Uh, And this is a game I'm really interested in. I thought the trailer that they showed during the Nintendo Direct uh, only solidified my feelings on this game, Uh, an action combat game with a kind of weird story. But I just really enjoy that style of video game and having combat like that in a game that you see in your Bayonettas and your Devil May Cries uh, and and games along that vein. So I'm excited for this one. The the small hesitation that I have is that Platinum makes really good games and typically really not great games. It's usually (laughs) one of the two. And that's kind of scary going in knowing, okay, this game might be really good but it also might not be really good and that's always a a bit of a hesitation for me but everything so far for this is pushing all the right buttons really seems like it's going the right direction and i think bayonetta 3 at this point is probably late 2020 at earliest it seems because i i think the creative director may have left earlier this year so yeah i think astral chain is going to kind of have to be that game for me this year and I'm excited about it. I think it looks really cool. And I'm definitely excited to play it, especially because it's at the end of August. So right around the corner. And I had to make sure I had some Switch love on this so that I, you know, <laughs> didn't get called out for not including a Switch game. But not the Switch game probably everyone else thinks I should include. So, yeah, Astral Chain, my number three. Nice. Do you have any desire to play this game at all? No. Um, <laughs> I watched it and I wanted to, um, wanted to like it. It's just not my kind of game. Yeah, I understand. So, what is your number two, sir? My number two, I, 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 this is two games. I split it because they're both games we knew about. They're both games we just kind of saw more content for, but I was very happy with the content we saw for both of these games. So, my number two is Borderlands 3 and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Okay. So, I put those two together because I'm not equally excited. I'm definitely way more excited. Um, for Borderlands, for Borderlands 3, yeah. but um, if you take my excitement from all the years waiting for an Ultimate Alliance 3, it's probably more than Borderlands 3. Right. Um, they showed a bunch of new characters for Ultimate Alliance 3, mm-hmm. um, which I'm really excited for. Uh, I'm excited to, uh, I'm hope you know, it looks like it's going to be just as good as the original two as far as gameplay style goes. Mm-hmm. Um, with everything from like the big giant boss fights to the like the plethora the plethora plethora of characters. <laughs> yeah. um, plus they announced the DLC that mm-hmm. is gonna be um looks like whole whole uh, Marvel teams of DLC yeah. content. Which you can buy now if you'd like to, Josh. Buy yeah. now. <laughs> I think I'll wait and see how the game is. Uh, <laughs> and then yeah, Borderlands three, I mean it's more Borderlands. Like they just do such a good job in the trailer. The, the new trailer looks so good, mm-hmm. and I don't. I just can't wait to get that game in my hands. Are you gonna play the free DLC they drop for two? Yeah, I really need to do that and bridge that gap in between two and three. Mm-hmm. Since I played all the DLC for two, uh, I think it would make sense. I'm just wondering if there's a way for me to pull up my cloud save for my 360 somehow, because all my Borderlands yeah. two characters are from my xbox 360 version i would, I would assume there's a way because it's back and pat right yeah so i would think you could yeah i'll have to figure it out so but yeah that's All my right. number two awesome my number two is a game we've already talked about and for me that was final fantasy 7 uh yeah i played final fantasy 7 way back in the day and i've never revisited it so i don't necessarily have the same 
appreciation i'll say as maybe other people did i enjoyed it when i played it i pretty much remember the story for the most part and kind of what happens generally but this game this looked incredible they they did a really nice job of picking very specific things to show that maybe show this game off in the best way that they could yeah i definitely still have concerns about you know it's still broken out into parts yeah uh, that apparently though the first part which is just midgard is two discs yeah, they said two discs yeah. worth content. of content. Uh, they don't know how many parts it's going to be. So I can't imagine we're getting part two in the next three years. That's scary. You know, um, it's coming out at a very busy time. Early 2020. My, yeah. That was kind of, I think, the theme of the show was, hey, here's a few games coming out in 2019, fall 2019, winter 2019. But here's a whole slew of games coming out in early 2020. Whew. Yep. So, how about that statue? Yeah. It and the set so good yeah uh it's like 250 bucks for the it's too, yeah, it's yeah too much <laughs> 250 dollars collector's edition but i mean it's hitting all the right buttons i think the game looks really good it, it's very clear that they're putting a lot of time and care into this and they're really trying to kind of tell the story again in a new way it, it in some ways i feel like they're taking what capcom did with resident evil 2 and almost pushing it even to the next level above that yeah uh, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do. I was, I had kind of planned I would play this game eventually, but I didn't know how high on a priority list it would be for me. Uh, it is definitely moved up on my priority list just from that showing. It, it looked really good, and there was a lot of gameplay. So, yeah, I'm excited. So nice. All right, sir. What was your favorite moment from E3 2019? You'll, you'll never guess it. No one will be able to guess what my number one is. Uh, Did Caro so, guess what your number one is? Maybe. <laughs> okay. What would, what would she guess? She would guess Keanu Reeves. Oh, no, no, no. That would be my number one. Jeez. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is the best, but he's not. Uh, my, my number one is Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. This is what we were getting crap about because I also said I was excited about this game and looking forward to playing it. Looks, it. It's it's like it's it's uh it's the good Zelda games. It's the <laughs> traditional good, well made right. Zelda games. Um, it looks incredible. It, it looks does. it oh it looks so good. It looks so clear. It almost looks claymation. It mm-hmm. almost looks like someone hand sculpted the game. Right and. They adding adding dungeon customizing, yeah, which is freaking cool. It and is. You can share them with your friends. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Not just random people online that you can play with. You can share them with your friend. Right. Uh, as yeah, Mario Maker dig. Uh, which they which they they're fixing. They the say future. they're fixing in the future. Um, yeah, they're scrambling to get some sales for that game now. Um, this is your fault, honey. I wasn't going to trash Nintendo at all until I heard that you <laughs> you threw shade at us about Breath of the Wild. No, no it game. wasn't about Breath of the Wild. It was, oh, about, it was about this game, game because oh, okay. I talked about how I was excited for it, <laughs> and I thought you were too. This game was and good. then Donnie said, yeah, we're going to have to listen to Board of Video Games talking about how much they hate this game in like four months. Yeah, it's, it's my number one of E3. <laughs> so. Yeah, it looks incredible. Um, this is a game... Um, I didn't play this Zelda game on the... It was Game Boy Advance, mm-hmm. Game Boy. Game Boy. Um, so, so I have the. It's going to be all new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has that the Zelda like Link to the Past style, like my favorite of the Zelda yep. games. Like, 
I can't wait to get into this and I can play this with my wife too. I think that'll be really fun because mm-hmm. she likes the older Zelda game. So, um, yeah. And it's just has this charm to it that mm-hmm. it's like, I, I can't turn away. It looks so good. It, it, the only thing that might temper my love and expectation is if Tunic comes out on Xbox before this, but we right. didn't see any more of that. Yeah, this year, so I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, indeed. No, I'm excited for that game too. The only reason it didn't make my top five was because I, for how, and this probably isn't fair. I was already in. Yeah, like I just was. Yep, I'm gonna get it. So there was no the dungeon. I think the dungeon part is cool, but there was I don't know what they could have done to make me that much more excited about it, or for me to be like, oh my goodness, I've never, you know. So yeah, I was just already in on the game. So. Yep. They showed me the like the, they showed enough new content for me that that it put me up to like the boss fights mm-hmm. and like him jumping over that thing like chasing yeah. him. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, I'm I am very much excited for it as well. So maybe we'll have to have a crossover with the Nintendo Shack and we can talk about our love of old Zelda games. Yeah, I had one of those where I had to do the Xbox conference with them. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, okay. My number one. <laughs> I feel like you're giving me a lot of crap for this. Um, <laughs> let me think about what it could be. So, my number one. Let me preface number that I have no idea if this you're game so is defensive going, already. <laughs> that I have no idea if this game is going to be any good. Uh huh. I don't even know what this game is necessarily. Don't pick what I think you're going to pick. What do you think I'm going to pick? I don't want to say. Okay. You tell me. So, but I'll tell. I'll be honest and tell you if that's what I thought. Okay. But this say. trailer was the one of the few trailers that really made me go what in the world and got me really interested in the game and that's ghostwire tokyo okay okay what do you think i was gonna say i thought you were gonna say the avengers game (laughs) oh gotcha no we could potentially talk about that in a minute if you want to uh no this game i thought look again i don't know what the game's gonna be but as far as setting a mood for what a game is trying to do I thought this trailer was spectacular. Like the scene when they cut past the pillar and then. And then all the clothes are just, oh my goodness. They did (laughs) such a good job. I watched this trailer multiple times since then. It's pretty much the only trailer I've gone back and watched since doing the show. And I was just enraptured during it. I thought this trailer was so good. So I'm hopeful that the game is going to be good. I have, I'm assuming it's going to be a third person action game similar to the Evil Within games previously, Mm -hmm. since it's coming from Tango. But yeah, I'm not someone who gets too excited about scary games. I'm glad she said it was spooky (laughs) because I can do spooky. That's fine. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this definitely uh, was the trailer that really made me go, damn, this looks cool. I can't wait to play this game. Even if it's not going to be good, I'm excited for it right now. So uh, Ghostwire Tokyo was my number one cool moment from E3 this year. Um, Did you have any honorable mentions you wanted to mention? Yeah, so um, Forza Lego made Mm -hmm. my, like, tied for number five for me. Okay. I gave it an honorable mention. Uh, And and it wasn't even necessarily what they showed us at the conference. It's what Mm -hmm. I saw after. When I saw them showing the, the map... View. Okay. Yeah. The map view is all Legos. Yeah. And it looks incredible. And then mm-hmm. uh, Phil Spencer was saying on Inside Xbox, the guy who designed it, he literally built everything with Legos first. Very cool. And, you know, thousands of Legos. And I, I know, like, someone was saying, I think someone I work with, they're like, the internet is not happy about this. They're like, who asked for this? I'm like, 
I don't know. The internet must not play Forza Horizon because driving through walls is one of the cool things you can do in Horizon 4 in England because they're like cobblestone walls and like right. not cobblestone. They're like brick walls and the bricks fall mm-hmm. off. So now you can do that. That's you Lego can bricks. drive into a wall made of Lego bricks. How awesome is that? Well, and I feel like people really dug the Hot Wheels expansion. So why wouldn't you dig? Yeah. You know, so I don't like, know. like I learned this week, I think it just depends. We're all in different Twitter circles. Very true. And if you're the type of person who maybe is follows people who hate on things a lot, like this kid that I work with does, mm-hmm. you're probably only going to see the negatives. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for it. Uh, it's only 20 bucks and it gives it gives people such a great reason to get Game Pass. And it shows why Game Pass can make people money. Mm-hmm. Because if you already have Forza Horizon 4 on Game Pass, you're just giving them pure profit. $20 right. to playground or in microsoft yep because you want this dlc and now you might just want to buy the game so you have it it's like 20 bucks at best buy today yeah like you can have both that and that game for 40 bucks like uh i can't wait to try it i know donnie was all in on it with mm-hmm. me too like donnie's excited he Very probably cool. already bought it <laughs> yeah he was pre-ordering stuff like mad yeah so any other honorable mentions uh even ghostwire looked awesome um the Kill Loop, whatever that game Death is called. Deathloop looked really cool. Um, I'm still really excited about Ghost Recon. Um, um, Breakpoint, I saw mm-hmm. some gameplay of that today. Um, there's a lot of stuff that was exciting, um, but it just, you know how expectations work. It just, right. they were too high for me. So everything kind of settled that. Uh, it was a fine conference. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I just really briefly, because um, I have a whole bunch of honorable yeah. mentions. Doom Eternal gameplay is still the game still looks awesome. So really yeah. excited with what they're showing there. I thought the Death Loop trailer was amazing. Again, no clue what that game's going to be, but it seemed really awesome. <laughs> uh, John Barenthal's dog, great. Yeah. Uh, the old lady in Watch Dogs Legion, oh, that cool. was really cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Tales of Arise's trailer, just more so. Wow, Tales is really changing look at their yeah. game and it, it's very i think about time and awesome to see uh the trailer for 12 minutes yeah that looks interesting that looks super super interesting and then luigi's mansion 3 i thought looked awesome as well that surprised me i didn't play any of the luigi's mansions games but that looks that looks like it could be fun and yeah i wanted to screenshot the picture where he kicks in he uses the plunger on the toilet and there's just a ghost <laughs> in the toilet seat looking yeah. out of him like, oh, what yeah <laughs> where the internet's like nobody wants gooigi who asked for this <laughs> yeah um so a couple we have um one person who submitted what their favorite moment was and then somebody who just made a general comment about the show josh you want to cover those real briefly yeah sure so we asked we asked our listeners uh their favorite moment from e3 we had uh patrick adams or patch adams as i'm gonna call him at uh the wolf bunny on twitter he said, all caps, banjo. That's all. So I'm guessing someone came out on stage with a banjo on one of the press conferences. <laughs> they didn't announce a new banjo game. <laughs> but I'm pumped. I can't imagine what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, if you want to see a bear use his bird as a weapon to hit things, I guess you could be excited. I was like, yeah. people gave Mario crap for punching Yoshi in the back of the head, and now we have banjo. <laughs> using Kazooie as a weapon. That's right. Smashing him on the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cool. I think uh, I think uh, more characters for Smash is better, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 
Awesome. I'm glad Patrick is excited for that. And Splig uh, at Dopalicious says he tags Breadfan in a lot of things. Uh, so he says to us and Bread at Breadfan35, Lord of the Rings adventure card game? I love digital card games and Lord of the Rings. Solo slash PVE focus. Uh, I'd be totally cool with the Lord of the Rings Hearthstone reskin. I've never played the Fantasy Flight original, but I always hear about it. Hype. I would say don't worry about a Hearthstone reskin. Just enjoy this uh, living card game uh, as it is because it is a very successful um, physical card game. And it's and hard. It is supposedly hard. Uh, I, I, I have it. I have it. Is this already on Steam? I think so, or coming shortly, if maybe not, I'll, maybe early access. Launch. Yeah, it might be early access. Um, but yeah, I I agree with Schwick. I'm excited for this game. I'm excited to try it. I'm excited for more board games coming to the Switch. Yep, Catan's the twentieth of this month. Catan's the twentieth. Yep. 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 So. Um, so I'm all on board for this. What about you, Kyle? Yeah, no, I'm on board for it as well. Actually, I would probably enjoy to play this game this way. The card game is a little bit fiddly. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of chits and things to keep track of. So having that cleaned up a little bit in digital form would be pretty awesome. So yeah, I definitely, depending on price, will be checking this out. So Can I run an orc deck on someone? Does I, it I, work like that? Can I, I don't orc? think it works like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I only have the intro and one expansion, I think. So. All right. I just picture magic. So I picture yeah. having all orc deck. Uh, <laughs> so our the final question i have for you sir before we wrap the show up and go mm. to our well-rounded life so you know every year there's the conversation quote unquote who won e3 yeah um you know the easy answer is obviously us the gamers because they uh, show all these cool games for us to play but if you had to pick your favorite press conference of all the conferences what was mm. your favorite and if you had to grade it on an a b c d yeah. f scale what grade would you give it so i would say this i would say I'm not, I think Ubisoft every year they're guaranteed to put on a good conference. I really mm-hmm. like what they do. Um, I think in the years past, Ubisoft has always been my winner. I didn't, I wouldn't pick them this year mm-hmm. um, because I don't know that they did anything extraordinary. It was kind of very like one note for the whole thing. It seemed mm-hmm. the same, like it was same Z's. If that makes if that sounds as stupid in my head as it does out loud, then I'm right. sorry. Um, <laughs> I know what you're saying. So if I had to pick a winner, ugh, I don't or know. Just your favorite, Kyle, my favorite. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I don't know that I would say that Microsoft was my favorite. I really enjoyed the Square Enix one, which really surprised me. <laughs> um, but if I'm gonna go content, like what I, I would pick Microsoft. Because mm-hmm. it showed more of what it market, it was more marketed towards me. It showed more games that I would be into. Like Squares mm-hmm. was really good, but I would say thirty percent of the games are games for me from the Square mm-hmm. press conference. And like Ubisoft, there was a few games I was excited about, but I really didn't know what they were doing with that press conference. Right. Um, the Nintendo one was good, but there was a heck of a lot of games in that direct that I will never play. <laughs> right. So if I had, if I had to pick one, I would pick. I would say Microsoft was my favorite. I would give it like a a B, maybe even a B minus okay. as a conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this year, like everyone settled around like a C for me. Yeah, I think it was a pretty. We've talked about it. It's a kind of that 
time between times while we're waiting for the new consoles to come out obviously nintendo i think if you're a nintendo fan in general probably you feel really good about what you saw today uh the tease for you know breath of the wild 2 or whatever it's going to be called being now in production is it's big you know obviously a true sequel which it doesn't happen a ton in in that world uh, about you know a game that many consider to be one of the best games of all time anytime that's going to get announced that's you know people are going to get psyched about that uh if i had to pick my favorite (laughs) this might come as a surprise Uh, i think i would pick nintendo as my favorite yeah uh i really am excited about astral chain i'm excited about luigi's mansion i am excited about Link's awakening and in the middle there were a lot of ports there are a lot of games that i have already played elsewhere or could potentially easily play elsewhere for probably far less but i think just as far as bringing really big hitters out and showing them and saying this is what we're doing i thought they did a really good job marvel ultimate alliance i mean they're they have a lot of games that in the next year i'm going to be playing yeah and you know and so for me i just i really enjoyed their show i thought it was tight they did a good job there was a nice awkward weirdness with doug bowser at the beginning which i really appreciate because yeah. i think those things are funny so yeah i enjoyed nintendo show a lot i thought they did a great job i'm you know very clearly i'm not someone who gets animal crossing i don't get it right I'm, you know i was i've been pretty critical about breath of the wild but I still think overall that their show was really, really solid. And that if you're a Nintendo fan, especially, I think they gave you a lot to be happy about. Yeah. Um, the one thing I have to ask about then, because neither one of us have really mentioned it at all. And it was, you know, slated to be a big deal. Uh, what do you think of that Avengers game? <laughs> what game? <laughs> uh, that Avengers I, trailer and reveal, <laughs> I guess we'll go with then. I'm not as harsh on it as, as some people have been because... Mm-hmm. People who aren't familiar with comics don't know that there's different iterations of characters throughout right. the Marvel uh, comic sure. universe. So, you know, Captain America's look different. There's there's a black Captain America. Don't mm-hmm. freak out at everybody. Like, uh, these things are different. It happens. So that part didn't bother me at all. In fact, I found that more intriguing. I was like, oh, they're going their own way mm-hmm. with the characters. Um, it definitely had this weird crystal dynamics square enix feel it was like final fantasy eight characters cosplaying as avengers uh-huh. um i thought what they showed was fine um i'm intrigued by the story mm-hmm. i really feel like with the amount of time that they had to show this and that the fact that there was gameplay on the show floor mm-hmm. why wouldn't they show us any gameplay right and then i'm a little bit on the internet side when they're like is maybe that's a bad sign. <laughs> uh, just a little bit. Like my curiosity is like, well, yeah, why didn't they show any? Is it because mm-hmm. it's bad? Um, but if it's great, like if there's like some clips in that trailer that looked like it could have been gameplay shots. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think there was it's something like 22 seconds of gameplay. Yeah, if that was like the Hulk moved. jumping across yep. that bridge and that was yep. gameplay, yep. it yep. looks great. If that was mm-hmm. Tony Stark flying. It looks yep. awesome. Um, and it even looked like Anthemish. Um, so if that's the case, bring it on. But like mm-hmm. we can't like obviously Black Widow isn't gonna be like Anthem. So like I, I wonder how they're going to to like scale it, like so right. that your combat is if they make you do missions, so like you're yeah. only playing as Black Widow. Right. Um but yeah, I, I was happy with what I saw as far as cinematics mm-hmm. go and, and the story is intriguing. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because for better or for worse, I think what they're fighting against is that the Avengers 
and the cinematic Avengers are pretty ironclad in pop culture. Yes. There has already been multiple Spider-Mans in movies. So when Insomniac made a Spider-Man game, having a different Spider-Man wasn't a huge deal because we've had different Spider-Man. Yeah. But Tony Stark is Iron Man and is the only person for a lot of people who has ever been Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I, I think that's what makes it different and probably a little challenging for people is that those characters, the actors who play those characters have become such cultural touchstones that it's really hard. It's it's going to be very challenging to try to go away from that. So yes. I, I liked what I thought. For whatever reason, I think someone else said this too. I don't know why, but Thor made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I don't know what the deal was. He has like a little on. But that was the only, and I, that's a me thing. I think that's like, they didn't nail the beard. Maybe. Like, it looks like it's a weird beard wig. <laughs> yeah, I don't it know. It does a little weird. That was the only one that made me feel a little odd. But I should I, mention Outer Worlds looks really good to me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. In fact, when Donnie was saying that Fable might be um, in space or something mm-hmm. and, and like Albion was out of the picture. The way that trailer starts out, I thought it was the next fable. Cause they're like, is our hero good? Is our hero bad? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ooh, is this going to be what fables like literally in space? So I thought that's what it was going to be at first, but that looks interesting. Mm-hmm. And and I really enjoyed devolvers. Um, uh, oh, direct. Yeah. The Devolver direct was very funny. It um, was. So I really like that too. That was doing a nice job. So, hey, that's E3 2019. Our recap, our favorite things, and a little more than five, but that's okay. We'd still love to know what your favorite things are. So feel free to hit us up on the social media. Let us know what your favorite moments or favorite things from E3 2019 were. And while we are clearly a gaming podcast, we always like to wrap up by giving you a recommendation of something else we're into right now that's helping us live a well-rounded life. Josh, what are you going to recommend for our fine listeners this evening? Well, we picked the same thing. So we, we might did. as well all talk about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we picked the chef show. Mm-hmm. John Favreau's uh, almost vlog yeah. series, which is pretty cool. In fact, it has literally inspired me to start cooking again. Nice! Um, it's so well done. Uh, the first episode is a little odd, I would say, for the tone of the rest of the show. It's not it, bad. It's just like it's pretty not different. used to the format, I don't think. Yeah, and it seems pretty different than how the rest of the shows go. I also found like watching the episodes, I thought the episodes broke more. And I didn't really like, wa- realize like I watched one full episode thinking it was three episodes. Oh, yeah. The format there, is like, weird. Yeah, because there's two or three parts in each episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up watching all of it in one night. And oh dang! Staying okay, up, staying up way too late, <laughs> right? Um, and enjoying some beers while doing so. So I started at like nine thirty and stayed up till two thirty in the morning watching Ooh. it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there's a lot of content to watch. Uh, I would say if you haven't seen the movie Chef, you should watch that because it's a good movie. It's a good movie, and there's some su- like there's some subtle nods to it in yeah. the in the show. So you would be gaining a little bit. Um of uh, fun and enjoyment out of mm-hmm. it if you had watched the movie. And it's an easy recommendation for that movie because it's a good family-friendly cook movie. And he kind of talks about how he – cook, uh, food truck movie. He kind of talks about how he came up with it. And right. the chef he has on with him who like helped to make that movie is really yep. funny and he's really good. And 
the stuff with like Robert Rodriguez mm-hmm. was awesome and David Chang is on it. And yeah. Some of these people he he works with and talks to. Um you just gotta get through about fifteen minutes of goop talk at the beginning and then you're <laughs> you're, you're free of Gwyneth Paltrow for the rest of the show. Um but yeah, I really enjoyed it and the first thing my wife said is like, but they don't show you how to make it because they give you like, right. they show the recipes real quick and then they kind of make the the thing. But if you really wanted to make what they made, you'd have to like try to find it online mm-hmm. somehow. But um, it, it's, it was very interesting. It was very awesome to hear how much John Favreau went into that trade and mm-hmm. taught himself. And, and you could see how good and how bad he was at certain things. Yeah. He really put himself out there in a lot of stuff. He did. Um, I'm sure the editing helps in that process too, though. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Super easy recommendation for me. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I really enjoy it. I think it's a cool, different way to look at food, to look at it from the perspective of he got into it because he was interested in doing this movie. And then um, Roy Choi is the chef he works with who yeah. is has the Kogi food truck in LA, which is pretty much the food truck i mean it's kind of the one that one of the best known ones in the world really um but just kind of seeing them interact together and then having episodes where sometimes they have on other celebrities or or names even far bigger than john favreau yeah and then there are episodes where they have youtubers on and other chefs and then they have just other cooks at smaller restaurants and it's a really interesting mix and look at why food matters to different people and introducing people to food. And yeah, it's just a really cool show. It's very chill. You get a lot of different exposure to foods that maybe you've never eaten before, but some are still going to seem very familiar. A couple of them, they give a little bit of history lessons as to kind of where they came from. It's just a really cool, chill, fun show. I it, It's hard to categorize it because it's not like a quote unquote cooking show. Cause like yeah. you said, they don't, really teach you how to do anything and they kind of briefly give you a splash screen of here's all the stuff in this food or in this dish but yeah yeah it's, it's not a, a documentary either no it's it really, really isn't it's this really <laughs> odd mix of a lot of different genres all kind of melt in a lot of ways it's kind of like food in america of taking these little bits of things from a lot of different areas and kind of putting it together to make a show yeah. just like you would you know putting a whole bunch of foods different foods together to make a meal in the u.s so yeah the Chef Show on Netflix. Highly recommended. It's great. Yes. All right, Josh. We've been going for a while. What do we? What do you say we wrap this show up? I think we shall. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with 3G, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with 3G. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvgmail.com. at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithvg, and so should you. We love to see what you guys are up to, sharing your life events and board games and all that fun stuff. So keep it up. And if you're not doing it, start doing it. Whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the PS3G feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feed. You can find me, uh, well, I'm not playing many video games recently, but on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network at Why So Serious. That's 
S I R R I U S. Kyle, where can they find you? So you can find me at all of the usual places Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C Y C O C R O S S. If you have any suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. Next week, like I said, we're going to focus quite a bit probably on Origin, so kind of be prepared for that. But remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.